This message you're about to listen to is brought to you by Schamburg Community Church. Listen and be blessed. I say to you, Christmas is all about reconciliation with Christ. It's about forgiveness. It's about Christ demoting himself, as Brother Joshua told us earlier on. When a man, when God becomes a man and comes down to dwell among us, and he demotes himself onto a point where the people that he created can now reject him. But when you look at the story of Naomi, Naomi had every right to be bitter. She had every reason to be offended with God. She had every right under the sun to feel bitter towards everything and everybody around her. But I want to say a few things to you today quickly on this day of Christmas. That you see, as we go through in life, you must learn to have a forgiving spirit. You must learn how to let go of stuff. As my daughter said it, you must learn to build bridges over offenses and get over it. Today, I want to speak to you very briefly on the subject I've said, get over it. Help me nudge your neighbor and tell them you need to get over it. You need to get over it. You see, and I'll go quickly this morning, unforgiveness is, a, is an unnatural behavior. From when you are young, from when you are young and you see a child, a child naturally forgives. So when you correct a child in love and you have to spank the child, not two minutes or three minutes after you finish dealing with that child, the child has forgotten that you have said anything to them and they are right back at you and they're saying, Daddy, I'm sorry. Mommy, I won't do it again. Ooh, I love you. I love you. I love you. And, and, and that's how they are. But as life goes on and things affect the child, the child learns how to keep things in heart. And the child learns how not to forgive. And I say to people, and I'm saying to you today, unforgiveness is not natural. It is learned behavior. And if you can learn how not to forgive, you can learn, you can unlearn that and learn how to forgive again. Do I hear amen? amen. Number two is that offenses will surely come in life. Offenses will always come. You see, Naomi had every reason to be offended with those two girls. Because at the best of times, they were together for 10 years. History records that they lived together for 10 years. They had a good time for 10 years. And because of the marriage that they came into, they lived privileged lives for 10 years. But when something bad happened to Naomi, they left her alone. They just walked away from her. And so what she was saying really, when she said, go away. Go back to your parents. Go back to your family. She said that, but do you think that's what she really meant? At that point in time, she was hurting. And she was looking for someone whom she could lean on, on whose shoulders she could cry. After all, we are both afflicted in all of this together. Is your husband, is my daughter, I've lost my husband. We have some camaraderie in all of this. And so she had every right at that point in time to be bitter. Let me say this to you, church. If anybody can walk away from your life, let them go. If anybody who sees you, knows you, recognizes what you're doing, 
and decides that they want to walk away from your life, let them go. God will not reward you by what has gone. God will reward you by what you have left. Do I hear someone say amen? amen. The opportunity that you lost yesterday is not what God is going to use to bless you. It is whatever you have left in your hand that God will use to bless you. The only thing that can keep you from getting to that opportunity is you by an unforgiving heart. We can change the perspective of what God wants to do for you. Do I hear amen? amen. Number three, God will promote you only to the level of the pain and the difficulty that you can handle. God will only promote you as big and as high as the pain level that you can handle. The people who earn big money at work in the secular, they earn the big money so that they can resolve problems. Hello, somebody. When you have a problem at work and you have a challenge that you cannot resolve, what do you do? You call the manager. If the manager cannot resolve it, they call the supervisor. And they call their supervisor and they keep on escalating up until they get to the guy whose job it is to solve the problem. The guy who's paid to solve the problem is the one that makes the big box. When you ask for promotion in life, you are asking for problems. Can I say that differently? To whom much is given, much will be required. Let me say that in Christianese. To every level, there's a devil. Let me say that again in another language. If you are looking to go to somewhere else, you are looking to see something you haven't seen before. So offenses will definitely, they will come. Promotion means more problem for you. I remember one of my daughters telling me, she said, when I was in college, I thought that I was having a hard time going through school in what I was studying. I said, what about now? She said, oh, said that was a piece of cake. She said, now... I'm sleep deprived. I go through sleep only three or four hours in a day. And I have to go to work at six o'clock in the morning. I don't get off till late in the night. He says, now I just take it in stride because I then think back to those times when I thought stuff was difficult and I can really think about it and I say, man, life was easy then, but I didn't know it. What you are going through now is only training ground for where God is taking you in future. Help me top somebody and say, are you listening this morning? Offenses will come. If you are the leader, you must develop a large mentality. You cannot have a small person mentality and be given a huge job. If you are given a big job and you are a small person, and small is not defined by the size of the individual. You know, I remember the story that Daddy Gio told us many moons ago about his dogs. He had a dog called Tiny, and Tiny was little. And they had other dogs in the house. And I'm not talking about the dogs that you raise here. But where I grew up, dogs fought for food. They fought for everything that they needed. And so this dog called Tiny would be whipping the behind of the bigger dogs. And so they would restrain Tiny from the big dogs because Tiny was whipping the big dogs. And so he said to us, it's not the size of the, do it's not the, size of the dog in the fight. It's the size of the fight that is inside the dog. So when the dog has a big fight inside it, it doesn't make a difference the size of the dog that is fighting. It will whip their behind. Do you understand what I'm saying today? So help me tap the neighbor or your neighbor and ask them, what kind of, a, what kind of fight is inside you today? Ask them, don't worry about it. Say, what kind of fight is inside you today? 
You see, if you are looking for promotion and you are looking for an increase, you must have the insight to get ready for a big fight. And as you go through in life, you will be offended. And as you are offended, you have to develop the capacity to get over the offense. Because if you don't get over the offense, you will go from place to place with a chip on your shoulder, thinking everybody owes you something, and the only person that owes you something is yourself. Because if you don't deal with yourself, you will not be able to get what God has in store for you. Number four, forgiveness is different than trust. I can forgive you, but I don't need to trust you. You see, if the first time you cheated me is okay, that's shame on you. The next time that you cheat me is shame on me. If you allow it to happen the third time, it's shame on both of us. Because it means you have not learned your lesson. You have not learned, I have not learned, and together we have not learned. So I can forgive you. That is what the Bible asks us to do. But the Bible doesn't say I should trust you. The Bible never says anything about trusting. You see, forgiveness is not about the perpetrator. Forgiveness is about you yourself. You see, if Naomi had remained bitter towards those girls, he would have tried to force them to go along with her. And if she forces both of them to go along with her, she will only take negativity along with her into the place that she's going in the future. You, please do not force anybody to love you. Let me say that slowly. Do not try to force anybody to love you. If they cannot understand you and appreciate you for who you are and the things that you bring to the table, don't try to force anybody to love you because you are just only going to be cutting pain for yourself. Hello, somebody. Are you listening to me this morning? Forgiveness is not for the perpetrator. It is for you who is there. And I know many of you are looking at me this morning and say, but I, Pastor, I know about forgiveness. Why are you telling me about forgiveness again? Why is it that we have to talk about forgiveness again this morning? And I will tell you why. You see, there comes a time in your life where your head will disagree with what your heart is saying. And even though you know that you should forgive and let go, something inside you just doesn't let go. It comes to a point in time when someone has hurt you. You know that that person was wrong. But you are sitting down there watching. And you're saying in my heart, I shouldn't let the anger go down on my sleep. I should forgive him before tomorrow. But your heart and your head are saying different things. Can I have some real people in the house today? Am I just talking to myself? I have been there. When I shared the story in the first service, I won't go by it again. Where someone has hurt you so deeply, and you thought, I have done everything that I can for this person, and this is how you treat me? And you watch them going away, and your heart is telling you, let them go, but you can't. I want to share two or three things with you right quickly before we go on today. Is that you have... To learn to forgive. And that's why I said learn because it is learned behavior. You unlearn the unforgiveness and begin to learn about the right behavior. Do I hear amen? It's about an attitude adjustment that you need to have. You see, how do you forgive? How do you forgive? The first thing, and I call it forgiveness 101, is to understand 
what Jesus Christ was trying to say in Matthew in chapter 5 in verse 8. Put it up, let's read it together. Matthew chapter 5 in verse 8. Matthew in chapter 5 in verse 8. I'm beginning to round up now. Matthew in chapter 5 in verse 8. It says, blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. What does it say in verse 7? Go back to verse 7. Blessed are the merciful, for they shall what? Oh, come on, read it with me. Blessed are the... Why? You have to understand that the person who is going to obtain mercy has to be merciful. You only need mercy when you are guilty. If you are the correct person, you don't need mercy, you need justice. He took my money, so he needs to pay me. That is justice. Yes, he owes you the money, but you can forgive him. Now that's mercy. You have to understand the difference. And here is what I talk about understanding what it means to be merciful. There's a difference between when a person is wicked and when a person is weak. There's a difference between weakness and wickedness. The person who hurt you, did they hurt you out of their own personal weakness or did they hurt you out of wickedness? You have to try and understand what the difference is in the person that hurt you. Did they hurt you because they were weak? Because every one of us is weak at something or the other. You can be strong about everything in life and be weak at forgiving. You may be weak at saying sorry. You may be weak at showing appreciation. You may be weak at expressing how you feel. And so in doing that, you have hurt someone and they are now refusing to forgive you. I'm saying to you, you must understand that there's a difference between wickedness and weakness. If it is because the person was weak, then have mercy. Because how dare you go to ask God for mercy if you yourself will not ask for mercy? Forgiveness is an art. There's no science to forgiveness. A science is when you have a step of seven rules that you can go through. That says step number one, call them. Step number two, talk to them. Step number three, they repent. Step number four, if they don't answer, then tell them. Step number five, when they don't answer and you go through, that's a science because he has steps. An art is where there's no science to it. And there's nothing that says the way the first person expresses, asks, or desires forgiveness is going to be the same thing the other person is going to do it. And you can talk about the art of forgiveness. I read up a story, I, I can't remember, I think they lived in the UK. A lady named Verity Hall. She was 63 years old when she found out that her husband infected her with HIV. And by the time she knew, she had full-blown HIV. She was 63. The husband got the HIV 10 years before. Didn't tell her. And so when he was dying and they were wondering what was going on with her, that's when he fessed up and said, when I went to Brazil and I was there for 10 months, I messed up. And I took an, and, I, and I caught something that I cannot lose. And so he brought it home to her and now she has it. And every member of our family said to her, she said, you need to leave him alone. You need, to kick him to the, you need to kick him to the curb. You need to go away and let him go and die in peace. But guess what? She's dying. He's dying in peace, but he, she's also going to die. And she made a decision. She said, I forgive you. And everybody was shocked. 
Why would you forgive this man who gave you HIV? You see, let me say this. Every, every couple here has had to deal with forgiveness. When we read the story of Hillary and Bill Clinton many moons ago, people said, why did Bill, Hillary, forgive Bill? You don't know what they've forgiven each other of before? What are the things that they have forgiven each other that keeps them in the relationship until that time? We don't know what that woman had had to be forgiven of, of the man who now gave her HIV. But she said, I have nowhere else to go. I have to forgive him because I'm going to die anyway. And so if I die, I have a choice to die alone or I have a choice to die with him. I choose to die with him. What is your choice about forgiveness? It's a deep, it's a deep question. You must develop the art of forgiving. It's not something. You see, an unforgiving Christian is an oxymoron. Let me say that again. An unforgiving Christian is an oxymoron. If I ask you, are you a Christian here? Let me see your hands up if you're a Christian. Don't lift your hand if you're trying. Don't lift your hands if you're not sure. I asked my friend some time ago, I said, are you a Christian? And honestly, he told me, he said, I'm trying. And I said, there's no such thing as trying. It's either yes or no. It's either I am or I am not. An oxymoron is a contradiction of terms. It's when you put two things that cannot go together and you put them next to each other. The only choice you have, only choice. Is that a choice? No, it's not a choice. It's an open secret. Well, if it's open, is it a secret? It's a working holiday. Hello, am I working or am I on holiday? What is it? Friendly fire. I don't know about you, but fire always burns. And if it comes from a gun, it always kills, whether or not it is friendly. And an unforgiving Christian is an oxymoron. The word, the word that was formed in there for oxymoron, in the original Greek is to be deliberately foolish. Deliberately what? Tap your neighbor and say, I know you're not a fool. As I stop today, I want to tell you, some people will walk away from you. Naomi, Ruth, and Opa, they got to a point where Opa walked away. First I said, don't worry about them. Anyone that walks away from you, hasta la vista. See you later. God bless you. But guard your heart and make sure you're not offended. Because if you get offended, you can miss the things that God had planned for you. You see, when people's part in your story is over, listen to me clearly. When people's part of the story of your life is over, they will go, regardless of what you say. And after they are gone, celebrate them. Be friends with them. Do not be bitter about it. What you need to do is to know that that part is dead. Don't try to raise the dead because you are not Jesus Christ. He's the only one that can raise something from the dead. And as you go on, you need to look at what David did with the son he had with Bathsheba in 2 Samuel. He had a child with Bathsheba. The child died. David is the only man in scriptures that cried over a child, by the way. Women have cried over children, but David is the only one. In the whole of the, in the, whole of the Bible that I know, if you know someone, uh, uh, please tell me. You see, 
David went and he cried. Second Samuel in chapter 12, in verse 20. But as soon as he heard that the baby was dead, he got up, changed his clothes, and went to church to get another, a, new, a new anointing. And he turned to God and he says, God, this one is gone. I trust you. Give me another one. You see, if you didn't learn forgiveness at home, and you didn't see it modeled for you when you are growing up, unless you come into Christ, you cannot learn about forgiveness. This is the essence of the whole story of Christmas. It's about forgiveness. I'm praying that you will learn forgiveness the easy way. Oprah kissed her mother-in-law. And we never heard about Oprah again after that. If they are part of your story and they are part of your destiny, God will bring them back. Let me say that again. If they are part of your story and they are part of your destiny, the almighty God, he will arrange your steps to come back together. Your destiny will never, ever be tied to anyone or anything that walks away from you. If you are thinking about revenge today, please leave it alone. Because God tells us clearly in his word, revenge, vengeance is what? His mine. And I will revenge. That's what the almighty God, what he says. Nothing in life just happens. It is part of God's divine plan. Help me wish your neighbor Merry Christmas. Turn to your other neighbor and wish them Merry Christmas. And say to them, the gift of forgiveness. Say it well, the gift of forgiveness. The gift of forgiveness. The almighty God will give it to you. In the name of Jesus Christ, stand up on your feet. Have you been blessed today? I want to pray with someone who was like me. You see, I told you the story of the person that hurt me. We hope you've been blessed by this message. For more information, contact Shamrock Community Church, 927N Plum Grove Road, Shamrock, Illinois. Or you can check us out on www.shamrock.org. Jesus is Lord.